Here we are on Friday night, Word and Worship. Forgot the short intro there. Uh, welcome to this next uh, hour or so of just digging into God's Word and worshiping at the same time. Um, we've attached a lot of scripture to the actual worship songs so that you can really be understanding the Word of God even more as you're worshiping. And as you're worshiping, just understand what that song's pointing to, some of the favorite verses. Um, that we'll, we'll dig into. So we'll start digging into that in a second. But I want to invite you guys right now to just uh, join us backstage as well and in the neighborhood. That's where this, this ministry is all about is about really digging into the Word of God, understanding, getting closer to Him, and being with other Christian patriots. So we have a free neighborhood platform. You'll see a link right down below in the video that is like a Facebook replacement for Christian patriots. There's almost 3,000 of us there right now. I think you really enjoy that. Uh, just very similar to Facebook, but the difference is we have Zoom gr groups, um, support groups that get together and just uh, do all kinds of things like go to Courts of Heaven and just share prayer, pray for each other. But getting ready for this big onslaught of needy people. So that's the neighborhood. Make sure you go to b2tneighborhood.com. The link's down below here. Also, that's there's there's a link down there to join the, the backstage platform. Um, where you go deeper with us and that's where you can be backstage when we're worshiping you don't have to have your camera on but uh, many people love it when they do where we're worshiping and uh, that is the backstage platform again blessedteach.com and then just hit the backstage tab um, that links down below in the video as well we'd love to have you but with that we're just going to start worshiping him right now um, we're going to start with a with just so many there's so many great songs and we're going to have we're going to have like 30 of them that rotate that have all the scripture associated with that song. Um, it's been a lot of work, but we're gonna. It's really fun to be able to now see that the finished product. And with that, we're gonna start with our grace is enough, and we'll play a couple songs. But and then we'll get right into John three sixteen. Talk about God loved the world. Um, that is what we're gonna be digging into. So let's just worship for a little bit right now. Uh, uh, grace, your grace is enough. I'm going to turn this down a little bit based upon uh, this new thing I have. All right, your grace is enough. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. This is Corinthians 12, 9. We'll have Gus read the next one as we get, go into the second song. But great is your faithfulness. You lead us by still waters. So we're talking about God loves the world, and this is part of it. He just loves us so much. His mercies never come to an end, Laminatus 3.23 says. And it says, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And Psalm 23, 2 says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. That's part of what we're worshiping here is with Scripture, right? Remember your people. Remember your promise, right? In Psalm 119, it says, Remember your promise to me. It is my only hope. Your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. You can see how this points to scripture everywhere. Great is your love and justice. So this is such, so Psalm 57:10, and that lyric is 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 just right there. It says, "For great is your love, reaching to the heavens; your faithfulness reaches to the skies." And Isaiah 30:18 says, 
says, For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. So these are the, the lyrics that we'll be singing. Just worship the Lord as we continue to just love what he's doing here. And here it goes. Your grace is enough. Let's worship. Yeah. 
All right, Gus, uh, text on holy to the Lord there. All right. Holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with his glory. Reminds us of Revelations 4, 8. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Isaiah 6, 3, that is. And then Revelations 4, 8. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Another verse in this song that we're going to be singing is, For the joy of the Lord is our strength. How great, how awesome is he. Nehemiah 8.10 tells us, Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And Psalm 47.2 says, For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. Oops. <laughs> your grace is enough, Lord. <laughs> yeah, I think I, uh, I, I passed right by it. <laughs> this is an awesome song, so I don't want to miss that. Go ahead. Well, you were right in the middle of that, and, right? Yeah, for the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. That's Psalm 47, verse 2. And another third verse we're going to be singing in this song is in Together, and it's gone. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, I really uh, messed up on this. Go ahead, Gus. <laughs> no worries. No worries, we got this. And together we sing, everyone sing. And Psalm 96 tells us, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. And then... Ephesians 5.19 says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and singing songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with our hearts. Praise the Lord. All right, I'm going to be turning this up a lot louder. I'm just messing with a new uh, program, so I apologize. I skipped right through that. But here we go. No we're, going to, we're going to be worshiping to this right now. I'm going to turn it quite loud, so just uh, be careful on your...
some Bible study here as we as, as we dig into John and this is fun for me because uh, it's just the whole the whole name of blessed to teach right came because when I would go study I would get blessed because I was had to learn it to teach and Gus was just talking about this today how he's done the same thing where he's digging into that and and um, I tell you what it's just beautiful so we're going to dig into this whole, we touched on this last week, right? We dug into verses 1 through 15 deep, and we kind of quickly went over verses 3.16, John 3.16. And so I would put, I'll give this to Gus to read a little bit right now and just dig into John 3.16 and some of the verses following. Go ahead, Gus. Yeah, Rick. Uh, as I was telling you, I was looking at this earlier and praying over it. Asking the Lord if there's any insights, just use me. Use my vessel to speak what you want to speak. Let me see new revelations in the Word. And boy, I've seen a big one in John 3 16. Uh, because I I was looking at it and I looked back at my interlinear Bible. And it's a Bible that tells you the original text in either the Hebrew or the Greek. So we need to do a deep dive. You can actually see the meanings of the words, and they're much more lengthier in detail than our language today in the Greek and Hebrew. But let me read this, and I'll tell you what's significant here. Just on John 3:16, and this is one that everybody recites all the time, but do they get the meaning, the depth of it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life and what i discovered is the original text says whoever believes into him 
and I must have spent a half hour, hour deep diving into this. Uh, the word that's used right there is E-I-S. It's pronounced ice. It's a primary preposition into indicating the point reached or entered a place. Jesus is a place. You know, we're seated with him in heavenly places. <laughs> it's a time because the time is now. It's always present, you know, when we, all the time, especially when we're with Jesus. And figuratively, it's a purpose. So it's more than just believing that there was a man named Jesus a little over 2,000 years ago that walked the face of this earth who was God and went to heaven. But it, he is the word from the beginning. He's the He's been with us since the beginning. All scripture is spoken through his spirit. So it's it's all the word, it's, it's deep. And, and one thing to believe in someone and about someone, but another thing to believe into them and understand everything they're all about. Mm -hmm. uh, moving on here, I'll read a couple more and then I'll hand it over to you. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That verse right there, uh, first thing comes to mind, if Jesus didn't condemn everybody and judge everybody, why should we, right? There is a scripture in Matthew that says, judge not lest you be judged. Um, and I always replace his son with the word because his son is Jesus Christ, who's the word from the beginning. So one could say God did not send his word right from the beginning, the Bible, from the beginning, the Old Testament, New Testament. He didn't send his word into this world to condemn it. He sent his word into this world that through his word, we might be saved. It's the knowledge of the word that leads, that that's, it's the belief in the word that leads us to salvation. And whosoever believes in him, whosoever believes in him is not condemned. But whosoever does not believe is condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. You might say there again, replace that Son with Word, the only Word of God. It's all inspired by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And this is the judgment. That light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because their works were evil. And I believe you can go back to a reference to John 1, 4, where he says, uh, the light came into the world and the darkness comprehended it not. Uh -huh. So it's parallel to all, it's laced all through this book. It's amazing. Yeah, the whole book For ties together. Was that right? Well, this, the whole book ties together everywhere, right? You're, yeah. you're referring to the different chapters and where it elaborates on the different scriptures. This is a beautiful book of uh, the book of John. Mm -hmm. John 3 we're in, John 3, 19, 20. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, verse 20, for everyone who does wicked things, hate, wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest their works should be exposed. But whosoever, whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works, his or her works, have been carried out in God, mm -hmm. in God's spirit. Um, what say you about those scriptures there, Rick? And yeah. I'll check my notes here, see if I have any, <laughs> yeah, any other goodies I 
Uh, Obviously, the most popular book in, uh, I mean, verse in all the Bible, right? Of, of the 31,000 plus verses, this is like uh, the most popular by far. And, and it, the first part of this just reminds me, guess what it says, for God so loved the world. Uh, the world didn't love him, right? He loved us first. And so that just reminds me if I of, of a scripture of Romans where it talks about Jesus, the same thing. It says, but God shows his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right? So, so uh, God so loved the world, right? And this is, this is just another parallel, right? And then here, and this is Romans um, 5 8. But again, he showed his love um, even while we were still sin- sinners. That's a, a, a beautiful thing. Uh, another thing I Amen. thought was interesting is, is if you get into, and the, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is obviously 1 John 1, 14, which we were studied earlier. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son. So this is probably the first time we really hear about the only Son. That's the same Greek phrase that they use when they talk about his only Son here. So it's, so yeah. it's ah, yeah, so, so again, so this word became flesh, dwelt among us. And that's what's talking about the word being Jesus, obviously, what we Gus was just mm-hmm. deep diving into. Um, but this, the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, so that, that, that's why this John 3.16 kind of summarizes the whole gospel in many ways, right? The whole good news gospel. Just love, yeah. love, love the way that digs into that. Do you have anything else? Yeah, there's, another, there's yeah. another line there that says, uh, the law came through Moses, mm-hmm. but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think it's the King James and other uh, translations say the only begotten Son. Yes. And I had to look that up one time. I was like, what in the world does it mean, begotten? <laughs> and yeah. it means it's out of his, it's one with him. It's out of his very loins or to uh, connected. So think about it. Jesus was not created. Like the Father is the thought. Jesus is the voice. And when you see his voice, it's what he's thinking. You know, it's they're directly tied together. It's, it's hard to describe in the carnal sense, but only in spirit can you see it. Uh, the only begotten because he's the only son that was begotten from the Father himself. All things were created by the word. By the sun. So everything, every other son, the angels of God, and we're referred to as sons, they were all begotten by Jesus in the beginning. Mm-hmm. With when he was with God and was God and speaking all this stuff into existence. <laughs> yeah, the power yeah, the, the power of that word is is, is crazy. Uh, this John eleven twenty five says Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection of life. We just studied, studied this last night, right? When this is when he raised red right before he raised Lazarus from the dead, right? He, he, he's talking to, I believe, Mary here. He said, Jesus, uh, maybe Martha, he, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection of life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. So again, this all comes back, this whoever believes in me, all, all packed into, um, obviously, whoever believes in him right here into John 3 16 that's why it's such a beautiful verse because it basically starts with for God so loved the world and just like Romans 5 8 is talking about us way he, he showed his love for us in this right uh, that Christ died for us 
while while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, right? So he loved it before everybody else. And he gave his only son, his only begotten son, as Gus was just digging to. And then that whoever believes in him, and that is that belief is, again, it's not knowing in your head. Into him. Yeah, it's that into you were talking about. And uh, beautiful verses. Uh, there's just so much here that refers to other things. Um, Malachi 3, when that, that's, that's good. But anyway, that, those are kind of some of my major thoughts there. One, one thing what that I think looking, is, go ahead. I was going to say what he's looking for is uh, a covenant relationship. The whole Bible is about a marriage between mm-hmm. yes. God and his creation. Mm-hmm. You got the Old Testament, then God had to die because death threw us apart. So he died in Christ, and then we started the new covenant in Christ with a new heart. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a beautiful love story. So he wants intimacy into me, see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wants to see into me, and he wants me to see into him and know him, know his word. Another interesting thing, Rick, I think it's from, it was in verse 18, the word name. You're condemned because uh, you have not believed in the only name of the only Son, the begotten Son of God, or the Word of God, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's the Greek word. It's number thirty-six eighty-six, which sounds like gibberish, probably, mm-hmm. but it's anoma, if I'm pronouncing it right, uh, in my southern twang here from a presumed derivative of the base of 1097. I'll tell you what 1097 is in a, mi- in a minute. Uh, a name, literally or figuratively, authority, character, the character, he wants you to know his character, called a surname. 1097 says a prolonged form of a primary verb to know. So whoever believes in him, it's believing in him is knowing him. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this, I've said this before, that there's a scripture in Adam, because Adam foreshadowed Jesus Christ in many ways. That's what God does. He shows you in the flesh first, and then he shows you in the spirit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's a verse that says, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and conceived. And that's how he wants us to know him. We are the bride of Christ. We are to be intimate with him, put his word into us, in our heart we and him and there's another scripture that i'll get to further down as a reference because it repeats the same point over and over again it kind of drills at home believing believing in him but uh he wants to put his seed inside us and let it grow so that we speak from the abundance of our hearts so there's nothing but him in there and then what comes out is the gospel it's the the good things that come from him and as we spread that worldwide other people hear they don't hear our voice they hear his word and his word is tied to his spirit so every time we're conveying his word with a pure heart it's as if he's saying it through us we're just the vessel mm. i love that and there's a chosen um scene uh that we played last week where i paid the whole 10 minutes of it right but i just wanted to kind of come back to that and talk about the I'm going to go to my, my bigger screen here. And uh, we're going to play this little two-minute clip that just talks about where he literally uses John 3.16, right? So let's uh, go to this and listen to this real quick. Do you remember when the children of Israel complained against God and against Moses in the wilderness of Paran? Yes. 
They wanted to return to Egypt, and they cursed the manna that God sent them. And then? They were bitten by serpents, and they were dying. But? But God made a way for them to be healed. Moses lifted the bronze serpent in the desert, and people only needed to look at it. So will the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Our people are not dying from snake bites. They're dying from taxation and oppression. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. Then from what? From sin. From spiritual death. God loves the world in this way. That he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. It's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Have you ever heard anything like this before? When I met Lilith, Mary, that day, I told my wife and my students I said, she was beyond human aid. Only God could have healed her. And then I saw her healed. Here you are. The healer. I, my whole life, I have wondered if I would see this day. Beautiful scene. That goes on, obviously. But uh, I tell you what, you guys, yeah, any, yeah. Any, any thoughts on that? <laughs> Uh, just it reiterates everything we're discussing here. Uh, as far as the believe into, I can't, it's hard to express what I was, what was going through me today with it, like the difference, you know, because in the end, Jesus, there's many are going to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I prophesied in your name. I cast out demons. I said your word and everything. He's going to say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you remember like adam knew eve it's a marriage thing they two become one flesh we're supposed to come one flesh with him and if you look at john 14 19 through 21 uh, folks can write that down maybe look at it later but it's where jesus says do you not believe that i am in the father and you are in me and i in you so we have the word in us, planted in our heart. But we're in Christ as the body of Christ and the spirit of the Lord. And Jesus is in the Father. It's, if you, you've got to see it in your, in your spirit, in your mind. It's, it's far more than just saying, yeah, I believe in a guy named Jesus 2,000 years ago. <laughs> it's deep and knowing the word of God. Yeah, thank you for that insight, uh, Gus. And that, that's exactly right, though. It's, uh, and guys, this is um, a pretty, this paragraph right here, 
is, is, is what all of us need to know in order to cross over from death to life, right? It is the gospel. And uh, the, very, the very last part of this that says you're condemned, or those that, that we'll get into in a second, is that, but whoever does what is true comes to the light. But you basically are condemned already if you have not accepted Jesus as your Savior. So this is vital. He's, it's, again, it's 100% Jesus and 0% us. Pretty critical area. And uh, I wanted to get into a couple more songs so we get the worship going, so we can worship this God yeah. that sent him. And uh, there's probably so many good songs here, but I'm just going to talk about uh, right now how great is our God. So let's dig into that. So you can see how great is our God. Jeremiah 10:6 is, There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and your name is great in might. This was going to talk about the beginning and the end as well. I'm going to turn this down a little bit because some people were talking about that. Still pretend, playing with this a little bit on sound and stuff. The beginning and the end, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Remember that? That's what Jesus says at Revelation 21.6. He's the Lion and the Lamb, this very Jesus that died for us, right? Weep no more. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has conquered. And then John 136, it's a lamb, right? Where John, John the Baptist, who we're just going to study next, says, and he looked at Jesus and he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And so again, John the Baptist will be studying here in just a second as we dig into the word. And then the name above all names, Philippians 2.9 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. This is how we're supposed to pray, by that name above every name, right? By that power and authority, let's, let's praise him. The splendor of a king Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice all the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide It trembles at his voice Trembles at his voice How great is our God
favorites there. I want to get into Mighty to Save after we go through a little bit more scripture because um, this is word and worship right now. So we're going to dig into uh, after this beautiful parag- paragraph here is John the Baptist exalting Christ. And it says, after this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John was also baptizing at Anor near Salem because water was plentiful there. And people were coming and being baptized, for John had not yet been put in prison. I'm going to go a little bit further here. Now, discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan to whom you were bore witness, look, he is baptizing and all are going to him. And John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it's given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has been bride to the, is the bridegroom. That's Gus was talking about earlier. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. Gus, uh, thoughts on uh, this part of John 3. Um, I think you're you're muted now. <laughs> I'm muted. I was talking away. It was good stuff, too. All right. Um, you know, we talked uh, a couple weeks ago, last week, about baptism and water baptism and, and how we felt like the one Lord, one faith, one baptism would be the baptism of Jesus Christ. But we see here that even Jesus was baptizing and John was baptizing. It's a symbol of, of you know, to the to the public. You're decreeing, declaring for yourself that you've turned around, you've repented, and you're doing it before people. But I, I it's my belief that if someone by chance didn't get baptized like the thief on the cross, they can have the baptism of Christ and and make it into heaven. It's not a matter of works. It's uh, something that you should want to do once you, your heart is repented and and uh, circumcised and open to God. But uh, John is clearly saying that, hey, I'm, I'm not the big deal here. It's <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I came to tell you guys about him. I paved the way for him so everyone would know that uh, it was he that was coming. In other words, he's saying that you can't get anything unless it comes down from above. I think of the scripture that says every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Um but John's saying, I can't really give you anything. What I, When I'm baptizing you, I'm baptizing you in his name. I'm just a vehicle that's doing it, but he's the one. So that's why, and, he, and then he goes on to say, the one who has the bride. And a lot of people, if they're new to Christianity, they're not saved yet, that may sound like a weird thing. Like, what does that mean? But... As you study into the word, you realize it's all about a marriage. And it takes all the seed of Adam, 
all us earthlings made in his image, gathered together in one to make a bride for Jesus Christ. That's how big he is. But we're all one in him and we're betrothed and married to Christ. We're faithful to him. He'd be the bridegroom. So the one who has the bride is the bridegroom. So they should all be looking to the bridegroom, Jesus. And the friend of the bridegroom, who is John, is his friend, is his cousin. He stands and hears him and rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice because he probably waited for that for some time since he got the revelation and who he was and what he was supposed to do. Imagine that. So, uh, yeah. Beautiful stuff. Some of this points back uh, to Malachi 3.1, right? Where it says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before him. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. So we talk about uh, uh, John the Baptist and, and who is he. And he's, he's a messenger, and he's preparing mm-hmm. the way uh, before before Jesus, and so that's very clear. And some say he's is. But uh, in mm-hmm. was it Amos three seven? Is it Amos three seven, where the Lord says, uh, "Surely the Lord God will do nothing, unless He proclaim it first through His yeah. servants, the uh-huh. prophets." So this is just you know that's why the word when you find these little nuggets in the word, it's the author and finisher of your faith because you realize. Do a little studying. Find out when this word was written on the scrolls. Mm-hmm. Probably like 400 years before this time, and now it's fulfilled. Yes. And there was 365, or I've heard some people say over 400 scriptures like that about Jesus Christ that all came true in Jesus Christ. They say the odds of eight things like that coming true in one person at one period of time is like, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's like stacking quarters all over the state of Texas and having one quarter with a red dot on the bottom of it, mm-hmm. and someone walk out there and turn that quarter over mm-hmm. the first time. And that's just eight <laughs> of the prophecies. <laughs> yeah, just eight. He fulfilled all of them, so it's like... Yeah, we're pretty, you know, pretty, 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 pretty sure that he is the Christ. There's no question about that. It's the Messiah. Yeah. Amen. And this is another one that talks about that. This is a, again just just Luke seven twenty seven. It says, "This is, this is he of whom it is written," and Jesus is talking about John the Baptist. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before me. So it's very clear that he is um, fulfilling all this prophecy. John is right, right, right in, in these scriptures um, mm-hmm. here, and and this is a little bit about. Um, you were talking about the bride and the bridegroom. It's kind of referenced in Ephesians 5.25 where it tells us, Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So here's Christ giving up himself for the church. That's us. I said it's the body of Christ for us who believe in him, right? That he may sanctify mm-hmm. her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy without blemish. So that's what the whole death of Christ is about, is washing away our sins, right? So he, so that, that, that is, uh, he's because he can present can you, us perfect. Can you, 
Are you able to click on read full chapter and read a couple lines down from that? Yeah, yeah, sure. So. There's there's a line there that's very, I think it's toward the end, where he says, uh, this is a great mystery, but I speak of Christ in the church. This is a profound, I am saying that, it, okay, was it? Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Goes into the whoever believes into Jesus. Mm -hmm. This this mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. We've got a theory on this, and it all comes from Scripture. Uh, Proverbs chapter 8, if you read that, it talks about wisdom. Wisdom is one of the spirits that's in the Father. Mm -hmm. Wisdom, counsel, might. And it's like the Father's one with these spirits. It's a spiritual. So it's like the Father and wisdom are married. They're intertwined in, in counsel and might. And they birthed the Word. So wisdom is in the Word. The Father's in the Word. And so Jesus left heaven, left his father and wisdom, his mother and father, you might say, and came all the way down here to earth to cleave to his bride, which is us. He, he kind of came to rescue us. It's, it's a beautiful love story, really. I it's, love it. It is a love story. That's, that's exactly right. It's, it's the ultimate love story. That's where every love story ever stemmed from, right? He's the creator of all things. Yes. No question. Even when you realize that aspect of it, it, it changes. It changes. So I think it changes your whole way people, unsaved folks that haven't heard the word or whatever, just newly introduced to it. It's not so hokey and weird. It's it's good. It's all good. Yeah, no question. And this whole thing about the bride is even talked about in Revelation in nineteen. Revelation nineteen, it says, "Let us rejoice and exult, and give him gl the glory." For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. So you can see this whole concept of a marriage, and the bride goes all the way from John where we are now, and the Gospels all the way out through Revelation. Um, now marriage. imagine getting married, and I got, I got to confess that I didn't know all this when I got married. I've been married twice. Mm. And it's no doubt why the two marriages fail. <laughs> um, because if, you know, you think about it, if you have a threefold cord and Christ is in there and you understand this and that your marriage is actually a, a way of honoring and, and living out. It's a mini replica of the marriage of, of this life, our marriage to our creator uh, is so much more meaningful. And if you remain in Christ, it's impossible for that marriage to be broken. Because you actually have to come out of Christ in order, one of, one or the other has to, in order to have a divorce. That's mm -hmm. why God hates divorce, mm -hmm. but He doesn't hate the divorced. <laughs> you know, He understands He understands we're we're human and we're subject to failure, but He wants us to get it. You know, and I've got it now. I look back on things and say, it's life's a whole lot more meaningful now. Yeah. It's beautiful. I just love how this, uh, we can just, just keep digging into some of this stuff, right? Uh, this is interesting. This is, this is John 5, 35 and 36. This might get into the later part of the scriptures. 
but he was burning and shining and shining lamp and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light but the testimony that I gave is greater than that of John. So this is really talking about John again. He was a burning and shining lamp showing mm. the way, right, that John was. And you were willing to rejoice your life with that light. So John John burned his lamp, right? Now Jesus comes and he's got, but his testimony is greater than that of John. But the works of the Father has given me to accomplish. So very works I'm doing bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. So John again is burning that lot that that lamp showing he's coming here. You see here, um, and this is going to talk about the seal in a second that we're going to get into this next part. Uh, you yes. want to read? You want to read this part, to Gus? Sure. Uh, verse thirty-one: He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks an earthly way, in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Remember the conversation with Nicodemus. Mm -hmm. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the spirit to him without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whosoever believes in the Son has eternal life. See, it's repeating that over and over again, drilling into us. <laughs> Whosoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Mm. Mm. Any insights, insights into that that you want to dig into? Yeah, I had a, a, a couple scriptures in John eight twenty three said unto them you are from beneath i am from above you are of this world and i am not of this world and then i thought remember we're born of the flesh the natural birth and from above we gotta have two births you gotta have that second birth mm -hmm. first corinthians 2 14 tells us that the natural man or the natural person receives not the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness unto him or them neither can they know them because they are spiritually discerned these things are spiritually discerned and you think about it anyone carnally minded that doesn't know God they kind of look at us like we're peculiar people like we're weird to believe what we believe but once you know the lord's got and like he said when nicodemus the wind blows it you can't tell where it starts and where it ends so is everyone that's born of the spirit when the spirit blows by when he draws you to that word and you hear the gospel seize that moment to believe let him get inside you and be born again because his spirit won't always strive with us, but he will make, I believe, before everyone leaves this earth, they're going to have the opportunity to hear the gospel story and either believe it and receive it or reject it. Mm -hmm. I just pray people receive it. Yes, amen, amen. And uh, it's really interesting, this whole concept about whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this that God is true. 
And just think about the seal. It's kind of like the, the, the used to be that wax seal they'd put on the, to close up or they'd seal up uh, the tomb, right? It's kind of like your authority, right? You're basically, basically saying, whoever sees this testimony sets his seal to this. You know what I'm saying? Saying, mm. I, I believe this, right? And uh, it's real important yeah. that you set your seal um, on the testimony of Jesus. It's the Lord Amen. and that God raised him from the dead. And it's a, a little bit of uh, I was I was reminded of Ephesians 1, 13, 2, in whom you all trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel. We just lost you there, Gus. Did you? Yeah, when you go when you talk okay. to the side when you talk to the side, we can't. Oh, uh, when we went to the side, Ephesians 1.13 is what it is. In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Ooh, yes. That's no, I was reminded of that, but I like your yeah. analogy as well because they stamped everything you know when the king handed the thing out and that messenger took he put that wax seal on it they knew that was his seal you know right exactly and so we need to i guess we, the holy spirit is our seal on us from the king up there right yes and even later in john in chapter six it says do not work for a food that perishes but for the food that endures to eternal life which the son of man will give to you for on him, God the Father has set his seal. So here we see God sets his seal on Jesus, and we need to set our seal on, on Jesus as well to say he is ours, right? Um, Amen. And it's just beautiful how, how uh, John just ties all together throughout its scripture. Um, man, that, that was when I was looking up for you there. So that, that is One a beautiful... One more I have here. Go ahead, uh-huh. <laughs> All right. I just sat down here and the Holy Spirit just kept leading me to this, that, that. And it's it's in First John 5, 10. He that believes on the Son of God has the witness in himself. Hmm. In himself. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit's in us, you know. He that does not believe God has made him a liar. It's like if you don't believe this word, you're calling God a liar. Uh, because he or she does not believe the record that God gave of his son word so so you got to think about how, how many different ways can a God that lives in a holy place that created everything here how many ways is he going to convey that word to us think about it Mm -hmm. He's going to do it through us, and he even came down in a former man himself. So it's going to be hard to uh, be hard to say. Well, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, because it's pretty evident. Yeah. So this is what I encourage anybody yeah. that's listening right now. Um, if you just come to the most famous book in all the Bible, my most famous verse. I'm sorry is uh, John 3.16, right? And I'm just going to encourage you right now to make sure that you've done this. Um, for God so loved the world, again, he did it way before the world loved him. Even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, right? That he gave his only son, his only begotten son. We were talking about that. He is, so he basically, it's he's Emmanuel. He's God with us. 
they came down here to die on the cross for us, right? That whoever believes in him, so that is, an, again, it's a belief in the heart. It's not this knowledge. Remember, demons even believe in the head, right? Even Satan knows who he is, but they don't believe in him, right? And should not perish, but have eternal life. So again, you will not have eternal life. Remember, you already stand condemned. This talks about this, right? So the beautiful thing, whoever believes in him, if you do this, if you accept Jesus into your heart, you're, you're not condemned. But if you do not, whoever does not believe in the heart, right, is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. This is the name above all names. He came here in flesh. He died, was buried and resurrected for you, specifically for you, to redeem you of your sins. So you were not condemned. So if you want to not be condemned, this is extremely vital. I just ask you to right now make sure you pray with me to accept Jesus as your Savior. And if you have not actually dedicated your life to him, even if you even if he's if you've taken him as a savior but you're not living for him this is a good time to just rededicate yourself to him right now with me right to say heavenly father thank you for this beautiful scripture in john chapter three um lord i know i'm a sinner that i'm not perfect i can't make it to heaven on my own i can't live all 613 laws in the old testament perfectly and so you sent away you send away, that's a free gift that you talk about in Ephesians. And, but what I know has to happen here is I have to believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, that Jesus is the Lord. Thank you for loving the world, even though we were still sinners. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for sending your only begotten son here in flesh to die for our sins, Lord. I confess my belief in him in my heart. Thank you, Lord, that I don't have to be condemned, that I don't have to perish, that you've given me the most precious gift possible, eternal life. I accept that gift right now, that free gift you give me. I know it's 100% Jesus, and now you're washing away my sins, my past sins, my present sins, my future sins. You're making them white as wool, making the scarlet and crimson white as snow. Thank you, Lord for the forgiveness of my sins. Send that Holy Spirit to me, Lord, and allow me to live for you going forward. Teach me how to hold on to the kingdom that can't be shaken as the world is shaking everywhere right now. I dedicate my life to you, Lord. Show me how you want to use me in a mighty way for your kingdom. I love you, and I say these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Any other thoughts, Gus, before we sing Mighty to Save? (laughs) Well, the only thought where he says you don't believe in the name of the Son of God, I I always revert back to Revelation 19.13 where he says his name, you know, the the book of Revelation, it's not the book of Revelations, it's the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ, who Jesus Christ is. And in that book, in chapter 19, it reveals to us his name is the Word of God. You know, in, in the scriptures, every name meant something. All our names mean something. Uh, and you can take the first 10 generations from Adam to Noah. 
and spell out their names, the meaning of their names, and it tells you the gospel story. Uh, and I'm sure there's other things in there that God, hidden little mysteries that God has in there. He's had hidden since the beginning. But think about it. Jesus is not just one of those names in that gospel story or just that first chapter of Genesis or the whole book. Of, he's the whole book. <laughs> all that word, it takes all that book and everything in it to define who he is. It all kind of defines his story and what he is and who he is. And that's where whoever believes into him, once you start the journey, you can't stop once you get in there because he'll make you hungry and thirsty for his word. Yes, no so question. I invite everybody to explore. Yes, dig into the word of God. This is every Friday night, 5 p.m. But we don't just dig into just the word. We also attach scripture to songs and worship. That's why we call it word and worship. So this is your Friday night word and worship. And we'll have a different theme each time. Obviously, we dug into John 3.16 and God loved the world. We dug into born again last week. If you missed that, you can go find the recording on the Blessed Teach channel. And uh, we're going to now uh, go backstage after we sing one more song here front stage with you to get some discussion where people can ask Q&A if Gus and I, as well as just a... Uh, dig more, a little bit more into John 3.16 all the way to the end of John 3. But with that, let's just lift up our arms and, and, and lift at him <laughs> and, and worship him. Gus, if you wouldn't mind reading this one, this is all some right. scripture tied to mighty to save. Mighty to save. We got my God is mighty to save. Zephaniah 3 7 says, The Lord your God is in the, your midst, a mighty one who will save. We're also going to be singing, He rose and conquered the grave. Christ died for our sins in accordance to the scriptures that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. 500. Woo. 500. <laughs> Most of who are still alive at that time that that was written. And that was in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 6. And then we've got shine your light and let the whole world see. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 tells us you are the light. Jesus is the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Let your light shine before others. Praise God. Yeah, that's in Matthew 5. Isn't that beautiful? And that's what we're going to attach scripture and actually think of those scriptures as we sing this. Well, everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. But let mercy fall on me. Well, everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of the Savior. Hero 
I just love that. So hey, we are going to go backstage now. So those of you that want to uh, dig in a little bit more to the scripture and do some Q&A and maybe another song or two, uh, we'll be backstage here. We love you guys so much. So join us every Friday night. Again, 5 p.m. CST is when we start. And uh, then we'll be doing backstage a little after 6. Um, it's beautiful. Thank you, Gus, for your awesome insights. Um, thank you to those backstage uh, worshiping with us. And uh, here we go. Uh, be backstage in 45 seconds. Remember, it's free to join, by the way. Just blessedteach.com, bless with the number two teach.com. Mm. And um, try it out, and you'll love it. And then there's a small ministry gift after, or that's monthly or yearly after that. And then there's a free platform that never gets charged, it's just a neighborhood. Make sure you go to b2tneighborhood.com. That's where we have uh, group sessions uh, on Zoom. So you can intertwine with people of the same mindset as you have, right? With a b2tneighborhood.com. We have all kinds of prayer walls there. Um, it's a Facebook replacement, right? You have groups and pages, and I think you'll really enjoy it. So go to the, go to the B2T neighborhood. Both those links are down below for the for the backstage, as well as for the neighborhood. That's how you'll get more ingrained with this ministry. We love you guys. See you backstage in 45 seconds. Bye. Figure we get into one more song, and then we'll one we'll read the scripture and see if there's any questions on it. So we'll take another half hour here or so. It's going to go into my, one of my favorite songs, "Graves of Garden." So let's just worship a little bit more here. Um, if somebody wants to read this, they can. Um, if not, maybe Gus can do it again. Anybody uh, jump in? Otherwise, uh, uh, Gus will do this. Here we go.